It's good to see everyone. Welcome to Amara Baptist Church Sunday School. And, uh, you should have a, a handout. The handout is uh, purple color. It has uh, three pages. Uh, it has the first page is uh, our outline for today and notes. And then the second page is a handout from um, the called um, what? Oh, could you do it? So excuse me while I turn this thing on. Testing one, two, three. It was on. It's on. No. But it's not broadcasting. <laughs> Our, uh, wait, that's from a. Uh, there, yeah. there we go. Thank you. The. Uh, it's a. Oh, there it is. Nelson's Complete Book of Bible Maps and Charts. Thanks for that pause there. Uh, and that's a really good little handout. It gives you a, a very straightforward, simple outline. And then uh, at the top, we hope to get to that. If not, we will next week. Wisdom about, uh, it's, uh, from Chapter 8, the top of that. Um, it's about wisdom being personified in Proverbs in chapter 8, and then they, they divide it into three categories, and then there's a Proverbs at a glance, and the copyright allows us to go ahead and uh, copy this and give it out as long as we're not charging money for it. So uh, this is really handy uh, to have, especially what the origin and teaching and value of wisdom is. So should have those uh, and uh, in your handouts. And I want to welcome everybody, especially those that are watching online. Uh, a lot of discussion today, hopefully, so there may or may not uh, be able to hear that at home. Um, we'll, we'll, when we read, we'll endeavor to talk loudly so that uh, everyone can hear. Now, we were doing Colossians. I didn't forget about Colossians, but I, I, I did a momentary pause after I came back. pastor wanted us to... Uh, look at uh, Proverbs and the Sunday School teachers in some way. I'm going to look at Proverbs and, um, and emphasize the 31 days of Proverbs project. And that's what we've been doing. Um, let's have a word of prayer before we start. You can turn in your, your book, uh, your Bibles to Proverbs 21, since today is 21. And just after another few words, we'll go ahead and read Proverbs 21. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you so much for the privilege of uh, uh, coming to Sunday school. And we do thank you. It's dry and warm inside and uh, it's cold and wet and windy outside. And uh, thank you for each one that's here this morning. Lord, the book of Proverbs is just such an enjoyable thing. Once we get past the language and the, the, the uh, 
the uh, proverb uh, itself and understand what you're trying to tell us. What a joy that is to hear the wisdom of God. We thank you, Father, for your wisdom. We thank you that our wisdom now is in the Lord Jesus Christ and that he is the wisdom of God to us and he is wisdom. And we thank you, Father, that we can learn wisdom from the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask you to help us, Father, as a church to be wise. Give us wisdom. Give one, each one of us wisdom that we may pursue it through our relationship with you, being saved and having a right relationship with you. Lord, we, we pray that uh, you would bless our time together this morning. Be with our pastor as he speaks to us. And we pray for all those that are home watching, that you would be with them and help them, Father, uh, to be able to get something out of this, even though they're not here. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So under introduction, you have the handout, Proverbs, Sunday School, January 21st. And we've been doing reading Proverbs daily uh, under the 31 Days of Proverbs Project. I really like this a lot. I didn't think I would, but I really do like this uh, reading Proverbs uh, at home. Uh, it takes a little work. What was that about the oxen getting old muddy or something? What was that? That, last, that one proverb last week? That was good. And uh, I've gotten a little muddy, but it, it's really been a joy. Cindy and I will read this together, and uh, then we'll talk about some of the various proverbs that, that struck us as we read. And it must struck, not hit us, but uh, ca captured our imagination. And uh, it's been really interesting. Now, first of all, you know, these things went through, um, you know, around 3,000 years uh, between the time they were written and the time we got them. So, uh, not exactly. Don't quote that. Okay. So, but, but, it's been a while, and you, we're talking about the, the idiom was developed, this, the speakers of speech and the poetry. It's not like we have a nation of poets in the U.S. You know, we're kind of popular culture and, and uh, either political or we're, uh, you know, hunting and fishing or we're sports or something like that, but it's just not <laughs> a nation of poets. So... Uh, even though this is not rhyming poetry, it is figures of speech, and it is something that we don't do every day. So it takes a little work. But Pastor Scott, and I wrote, wrote this out on the, on the handout because it's what he had on the Proverbs 31 project handout. He challenges, he said, I want 2024 to be a year of spiritual growth for each of you at Elmira Baptist Church. Spiritual growth requires faith. And faith requires hearing God's word. And God's word is powerful, but for the Bible's power to work in our lives, we have to read it and study it and meditate on it and faithfully apply it. So I think that's really good, and that is how we grow, is by being exposed to God's word. And especially things from, uh, they call it, um, the poetry literature and uh, the wisdom literature. So uh, today is the day where you read it. You read a, as you well know, we read a, a chapter of Proverbs every day, and 
couple times I sat down and said, what chapter are we on, Cindy? And she said, what day is it? <laughs> and I'd say, oh, yes, that's right. It's uh, 20. So we'll read chapter 20. I love that. That's really helpful. And because uh, I'm always misplacing the, the, the bookmark. So uh, we're on, this is the 21st of, of, uh, of January. So we're on Proverbs uh, 21. So if you turn to Proverbs 21, I've ask several people to read five verses apiece with uh, the last person reading six. So the first, Steve, would you read chapter one, chapter 21 verses one through five of Proverbs. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it with ever so he will. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth his heart. To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. And high look and a proud um, heart and a pine of the wicked is sin. <clears throat> the thoughts of the diligent tend only to be plenteousness, but everyone that is hasty only to want. Okay. And now 6 through 10, February. The getting of treasure by a lying tongue is a vanity tossed to and fro of them that seek death. The robbery of the wicked shall destroy them, because they refuse to do judgment. The way of man is forward and strange, but as for the pure, his, his work is right. It is better to dwell in a corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. The soul of the wicked Desireth evil, his neighbor findeth no favor in his eyes. Yeah. I almost made a comment there on that verse. <laughs> seemed to like to uh, <laughs> make those points about women. I thought, well, what happened to the men? You know, there's a lot of contentious men these days, too. Okay. So, uh, but not stopping to do that, which I just did. Uh, 11 through 15 days. Yes. When the scorner is punished, the simple is made wise. When the wise is instructed, he receiveth knowledge. The righteous man wisely considereth the house of the wicked, but God overthroweth the wicked for their wickedness. Whoso stoppeth his ears at the cry of the poor, he also shall cry himself, but shall not be heard. A gift in secret passeth it, and anger, and a reward and a wholesome strong wrath. It is joy to the just to do judgment, but destruction shall be to the workers of inequity. And then 16 through 20, Cindy. The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. He that loveth <coughs> pleasure shall be a poor man. He that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. The wicked shall be a ransom for the righteous, and the transgression transgressor for the upright. It is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. <laughs> there is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. And then 21 through 25, Catholic please. He that followeth after righteousness and mercy findeth life, righteousness, and honor. A wise man stilleth the city of the mighty, and casteth down the strength of the confidence thereof. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles, 
proud and haughty scorner, is his name, who death, who dealeth in proud wrath. The desire of his laughter faileth him, for his hand refused to move. And then finally, 26 to 31, Esther. Thank you. He covets greedily all day long, but the righteous gives and does not spare. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination, but much more when he brings it with wicked intent. A false witness shall perish, but the man who hears him will speak endlessly. A wicked man hardens his face, but us for the upright, he establishes his way. There is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. Amen. I love that 30 and 31. Yeah. It's a little hard to see, but what I understand, that teaches that there's no counsel against the Lord. You can't fight against against God. Uh, and then verse 31 says, you can't fight without God. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but the deliverance is of the Lord. So you can't fight against God, but you can't fight without him either. So uh, you might as well fight with him and for him. Um, did anybody else see something in there that they want to comment on uh, or uh, it struck a note with you? I did. We did. It's okay. Sure. Yes, ma'am. Well, the wife was brought up a couple of times. The, well, it seems in verse 8, what was that, 9? Yes. The following woman. And, and then in 19, the angry woman. But in both instances, it's. 9 seems, and 19, right? Yeah, yeah. In both verses, though, it seems like no one wants to hang out with her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's a good lesson as women and wives. Well, and it's, yeah. it's, it's something that you need God's help with every day. I think it's a. A deep problem for for women and for myself actually to not be um, that angry. But Roland, that thing wants to fight, right? Roland's pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's a woman's hunt. Mm. means fight, right? Yeah, right. Want to fight? Yeah. Ready to fight. Even in a wide house, it's bad. Yeah. Um, without looking that word up, I think that word is, uh, it may be contentious, which, you know, could, could probably a word could be translated contentious or wrong. But it would take me a minute to look that up. But uh, you get the picture there. <coughs> What's interesting is uh, when I was uh, uh, growing up and going, in, in, in my like, college years, I remember that uh, they started uh, a little seminary in the church I was in, and a, a very godly young men that were a little older than me uh, were going to that, and then 
a number of them wound up being uh, having they, they they wound up having to leave and go to work and and kind of abandon their uh, ministry desires. Some were going to be missionaries. Some were going to be preachers and. And there were a lot of churches that needed preachers, and and uh, the uh, what I come to find out that most every one of them was due to the spouse, um, and uh, so the uh, the wife has a significant effect on the ministry and, uh, and mission of the husband, and uh, sometimes uh, uh, we don't recognize that and. Uh, that that's not exactly the subject there, but it reminds me of that subject of how important it is the role of the wife in the ministry of of, of the family, and uh, if um, if he is not able to pursue it because the wife is not at one with that uh, and agrees with that, uh, or there's other brawling or contention, then. Uh, or the husband may not be able to serve. So, um, very interesting. I liked 20, yes ma'am? I think it's wonderful, and it's great when you have a, sp a spouse yeah. where you can go through the Bible, through these uh, yeah. verses, and you can each see something different, Yes. and you can share it, and, and it helps you get deeper into understanding. Yes. <laughs> I really appreciate it. has got a yes. great perception. She really and does. We have a great time doing that. She brings up things. I go, why did I see that? <laughs> really, really enjoyable. Uh, was there another hand? Okay. Uh, I like verse 21. He who follows righteousness and mercy, uh, I'm doing a paraphrase, finds life, righteousness, and honor. You follow righteousness and mercy. That's a good thing. There are a lot of people that follow the uh, the uh, New York Yankees, you know, and that's where their heart is. And nothing, nothing wrong with sports. I'm not saying that. But uh, I, my cousin, I talked to my cousin, and I told him I'd kind of quit following uh, football because of all of the protests I thought were really not appropriate towards sports teams. Uh, people to be athletes to be doing the things they were doing and protest turned it into a protest and political and, um, so I just quit following sports because of that but um, I talked to my cousin and he said I'm a die hard football fan he said he plays uh, football um, in uh, fantasy football he plays the regional teams he watches the local teams He's from here in Dallas, so you know, south of Texas is big in football. And I think he was uh, even follows the college, we call it college ball. And uh, 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 I'm not sure if he's for Dallas or one of the other teams, but he was a big football guy. That's where his love was, and that's where his attention was, and that's where his effort was. And he could quote me statistics that I wouldn't even be able to begin to understand because. He was interested in that. He took the effort to understand it. But if we follow righteousness and mercy, uh, we'll find life, righteousness, and honor. And uh, I like the next verse, 22. It says, 
a wise man, what does it say? Uh, a wise man scaleth the city of the mighty and casteth down the strength of, and, and of the confidence thereof. Uh, essentially, that means that the wise man is superior to the physical strength of the city and the, and the fortress of the city. And that's a great comparison. It's to be preferred. Uh, not that you don't need the other, but it's to be preferred. Reminds me of Jericho. Second. Jericho. Yes, like Jericho. <laughs> yeah. There's such wonderful truths in here that are really encouraging. And when you when somebody reveals them, because sometimes you've got to dig it out, um, and it's really helpful to have something to help you. Uh, but it's really a joy to see these truths. And this is God's wisdom. And uh, I like to think of it as theology applied. Um, so how many of you have been reading Proverbs every day this week? All right, yay, good. The whole room. Now, did you raise your hand at home? Okay. I can't see you, but I'll know. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm glad. Now, how many of you are going to continue? Okay. i got to continue because Cindy won't let me not continue. She's my accountability person. You know how you get so busy and you think, oh, we haven't read today. Because, yeah. you know, going to the doctor or fixing the car or picking up the kids or cooking the dinner or going out and coming back or meeting with friends or whatever. So, um, so I wanted to uh, share this again because I think it is worth it. Um, MacArthur... Um, tells us Proverbs is a gold mine, a gold mine of biblical theology because it reflects themes of scripture brought down to the level of daily living and practical righteousness. It's like, I call it theology applied. Um, and the way it does that is by addressing man's ethical choices. Um, it's been said, your, the, your true theology is how you behave, how you do, what, what decisions you make. So um, MacArthur says, Proverbs is a gold mine of biblical theology reflecting themes of scripture brought down to the level of daily living or practical righteousness. And it does that by Solomon addressing man's ethical choices calling into question how he thinks, how he lives, and how he manages his daily life in light of divine truth or God's word. And more specifically, Proverbs calls man, it, it demands that man live as the creator intended him to live when he made him. So, this is applied theology in terms of how we live based on what we do in light of God's will. How do we live out our life and our relationship to him day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute? Many of you had a choice whether to come this morning. And I'm sure you had many other things you could do, like increase your um, sleep and get more rested and your, increase your beauty sleep and... I'm trying to get more sleep. No, there's no beauty, but it, the doctor says it's good for my heart to get more sleep. So I'm trying to get more sleep. I could have got more sleep if I slept in. 
but then nobody would have been here to teach. I knew I had a duty and a responsibility to be here, so I came and didn't feel like it for the first 30 minutes, but then I, my body came around to where my mind was. Okay, so uh, number three, what verse or verses, any verses that you want to recall that we read this week that you want to talk about or made an impression or that you want to... Um, you felt was really a good verse or a truth or principle as you read them? Any any examples here? Can we ask for a word? Uh, yeah. Or uh, what give me a chapter and verse. Oh, I H O I R Y. Is it had to do is it have to do with yeah. the hair? Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it means like the do is white. Uh, the hair, if my memory is correct, oh, okay. but the, the white also. Now, if you know the verse, I can tell you for sure. Yeah. Usually that's the, how it's referred to. You know, the dew is actually white. If you look yeah. at it, you'll yeah. see kind of a white dew. Yeah. And so that, that has to do with some of us have more white in our hair than others. <laughs> We're all headed there, though. So, uh, and it, it, often it's a symbol of wisdom or some of it's gained by experience. Yeah. So, what was the word? Yeah. H O A L Y. Yeah. And that's an older word. Yeah. Quite an older word. In England, they use it with frost. Thorny frost. Okay. Yeah. Scotty, in verse 19, I was reading a commentary from A.W. Tozer. Yeah who is a very well-known commentator. What chapter? And, uh, the way he describes that contentious woman, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. woman yeah. is a very immature woman. Yes. Um, I, don't, I don't see the maturity level in our churches that we used to have. And it's not this specific thing applies is applied to a woman, but I don't see it in, in, in the church congregation. Some time ago, they did a, a survey, and they asked Christians in, in the church that were really going to church, what, what was the, what was the uh, first um, books of the New Testament, you know, the Gospels? And I can't remember the percentage, but it was a low percentage that even knew the first four books of the Gospels. And most of them are lucky to know one, uh, fortunately. So because we don't know what we believe, if God's word is his instructions to us, and that's how we get wisdom, how can we act and live in a righteous way if we don't know what God wants us to do because we haven't read his word? This is where we get the information of how he wants us to live. Mm -hmm. So if we don't read it and we don't know it, that's why I'm excited about us doing this, then we don't know what God wants us to do. Mm -hmm. And Solomon gives us the specifics, day-to-day -day things that you don't find in other books. You find them through stories, but find the principles in here. So um, good, good point. Um, any others before we move on? Yes, sir. Dave. I um, I like this one. Uh, chapter sixteen, 
verse 32. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Mm-hmm. And he that ruleth the spirit than he that taketh a city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, I just thought about you know how sometimes, well, I have become angry, like for example, going through the gate at the base. There's a big long line. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh. I, see, <laughs> I see several people waiting, and now finally it's my turn to come up. And the car in front of me had the, the guard's girlfriend there, or yeah. something, yeah. and a dog in the back seat. Yeah. And she pets, he pets the dog in the back seat. I'm just like looking at, him. and I had so much. My feelings came right up to my mind, and I was like, um. Because you you got to be on time to work. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 For whatever, you know, just, and I just thought to myself, you know, that was a time that I could have really just let the guy have it, you know. <laughs> or they, you get up, they, you know, why they don't have more than one person working at the gate, and you, you know, you get it right up there and they close your lane, yeah. and they make you emerge over, and you got to try to figure out how to do it yourself, yeah. and it just, it's, yeah. Talk about uh, there. There's a real test of character yeah. because <laughs> right. because you know hurry up and wait is the motto of military. Hurry up and wait. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and, and yeah. there's no hurry about anything in the military unless it's on their 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 time. Right, but once you make it through that gate, you just feel like you are free and oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but you you know it's you it's, with this, <laughs> it's with great difficulty that patience is is employed. Especially when it it's so in, uh, inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, right. And then to control that emotion yeah. just gives you a sense of like power. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It does, and and we're only we only control that through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. and character that's, and the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah, yeah. I was say that. She, it's, it's saying that patience is a virtue rarely to be found. Never in a woman and rarely in a man. <laughs> that's an old, old age. See, that's a proverb. Yeah. 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 That's good. Patience is rarely found anywhere, regardless of gender these days. And, and I found myself uh, losing a little more patience than I used to because, you know, the need is greater. And, and you think, you know, you're on hold for an hour with somebody at a one of those companies because you can't sign in. They were, they said you have to, you know, they they uh, will dump the passwords because they had some kind of problem. So they made you change the password. Now it doesn't work. The old one worked to get in and make you change it, but the new one doesn't. And you're thinking, how could they do this to me? What's wrong with these people? Are they crazy? You know? And, uh, and there's just, you know, customer service has really diminished over, you know, it's better for the people overseas than it used to be uh, with the people in the, in the in the U.S. because they want the jobs and the people in the U.S. don't. And, and very interesting. Anyway, there, it, it's just patience is really a challenge. And those trials, it really helps me to think one of the first sermons the pastor preached here was about uh, patience and, and trials in, in uh, uh, James. And it just kind of helps me to recognize that uh, this is a trial. I would like to pass it this time. <laughs> and sometimes humor helps me, you know, to, to, yeah. what we used to do. And, um, 
and just uh, think, uh, without thinking ill of the guard that's trying to do it, I just try to just laugh and say, oh, I guess the Lord wanted me to spend some time looking at the, the uh, bricks here. <laughs> and, and, uh, and maybe have a more quality conversation with whoever's in the car with you, if that's the case. But uh, it, that, all of that is hard. We make, we, I made light of it, but it's hard. It's really hard to have patience. But uh, patience works once you master patience. So there's a sequence in that verse that talks about the trial of Faith with patience, etc. <laughs> Just thinking, maybe it's not for him to be on time. Maybe there's something the Lord well, don't know. You know. don't know. The ways of the Lord are, are really uh, mysterious, and uh, I, I, traffic drives me crazy. I would rather drive five miles out of the way than sit sit on the freeway and look at the cracked <laughs> concrete that our government should have uh, made correct, you know, and get to see all of those up close and personal. So uh, I just hate traffic. I really do. Uh, one of the things about retiring, I was so happy I didn't have to drive Interstate 80 the day before Thanksgiving and all of that traffic backed all the way up to Oakland. And, uh, so uh, there, there's something that bothers all of us and from me talking to other people. So when those things happen to us, they build our patience, and that builds our character that we might be more like Christ. Um, oh, that's a good one, Dave. Yeah, that touched a nerve with me. That's for sure. Any others? I think Dave demonstrated really well uh, in the 16th chapter, and um, the uh, it's actually in the 32nd verse. It says, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's hard to be slow to anger uh, these days um, because, especially if you know what the other person should be doing or saying. Uh, I had a package one time that was some medical supplies that didn't come to me. <laughs> and it didn't come to me. And I called UPS saying, where's my package, you know? And you're supposed to deliver it today. This is medical supplies, you know. And uh, so the guy was truly uninitiated. Uh, it must have been his first day on the job or something because he was truly uh, not well-versed in communicating with customers. And I wasn't angry. I wasn't mean or anything. And uh, and the guy just said, well, what's in the package? And like, and it's like a personal thing, so I didn't want to say, you know, it's this, you know. And so and I said, well, I don't really want to say. It was like, you know, I'm just trying to help you. And it was finally, he did that so long that I just yelled at him. I'm sorry to admit, but I yelled at him, you know. And I thought, and then he said, what are you doing? Why are you talking like that? And I said, the Lord used her to kind of think. Boy, you really got a long way to go, Scotty. Why would you yell? This guy can't do anything anyway. Why are you taking it out on him? You know, I, I really felt bad about that. And that memory of that has helped me not to be uh, impatient or angry with others. And uh, that they, you know, I've had medicine stolen that, that didn't arrive. And I just try to work through the problem wherever I can and not, not uh, get angry at people that don't. One, don't have a clue. And two, don't care. And three, they're not going to do anything anyway, so why do you get mad at them? Because that only hurts you. 
So I, I, uh, these are really fundamental things that really touch our lives every day, especially now. Pandemic, talk about pandemic. That, man, that was really something. You couldn't get anything. You couldn't get toilet paper. Can you imagine? Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, the perfect example, though, is found in Christ because yes. you, you read those stories of his life here, especially yeah. with the disciples, how patient he had to repeat himself over and over. Or recently, you know, I was reminded of the story of when the disciples were um, so upset that people were bringing their children to, to Jesus. And they were impatient with their children and their parents and get them out of here. And Jesus had to be patient with those disciples so many times. His whole life. He was the example of patience. Yes. Because he could have snapped too many yeah. times, right. but never did. He was the example of being slow. Yes. <coughs> he endured the suffering. And we're mighty in him when yes. we can, can access yes. that patience and that's only found in him. Yes. Yeah. And that's where we find through the Holy Spirit <clears throat> and him. That's how we find mm -hmm. the, the strength and the enabling to have that character quality of patience and, uh, and uh, it's interesting that she says that Sky, because if you think about the last week of Christ's life and he's yes. trying to go to the cross and he has three of his disciples fighting over who's going to be first and second and second that had to be exasperating to him because he's trying to teach him biblical truth that will last the rest of the life and they, they're arguing about who wants to be first mm -hmm. But he's really first to start with. I don't have a clue. That, that, that's really powerful. That's really well said. Yes. That's uh, so like us, isn't it? <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, we're going to move on. Uh, so we looked at number three. And um, uh, what is a proverb? And I mentioned that. Um, I'm not sure that I got through this. Uh, MacArthur says that uh, um, the word proverb means in Hebrew to be like or similar. Uh, so Proverbs is, is a book of comparisons between and often contrast. And Pastor has put in that uh, those figure speeches, figures of speech, rather, that uh, that are used in Solomon, uh, in Proverbs, whether by Solomon, to make these points. But Proverbs is a book of comparisons between a common item, a concrete images, and then life's most profound truths. Something is like this. And it helps us see it because it's a similar object or it's a contrasting object. It helps us uh, understand those things. He goes on to say, Proverbs are simple moral statements or illustrations that highlight and teach fundamental realities about life. Solomon sought God's wisdom, and he offered pithy sayings. We talked about that last week. And he, those sayings were designed to make men think about or contemplate the fear of God and living by his wisdom. And he goes on to say, and this is important, turn me back on if he turns me off, 
<laughs> the sum of this wisdom is personified in the Lord Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians uh, 1 and 30. Um, so, the wisdom of the, the wisdom of God, the, the wisdom of God is the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament. So, uh, <clears throat> a couple of other points that I would like to hammer in again. Um, Ryrie says Proverbs are sayings taken from everyday life that are intended to serve as practical everyday guidelines for successful living. And um, one more. <coughs> This is anonymous, but um, actually, um, yeah, this is uh, Charles Swindoll quoted. Why is Proverbs so important? Well, Proverbs accomplishes uh, something no other biblical book does. It simply compiles short instructions for living an effective life on earth, while other books articulate profound theological truths, lengthy narratives of triumph or failure, or prophetic preaching to a disobedient people. Proverbs concerns itself completely with instructing people in the path of wisdom. Um, Solomon recognized the varied circumstances of a person's life and he provided principles to apply in very, a variety of situations. So again, it's theology at the practical level. How I live each day is a reflection of what I believe. And um, I said one more, and I misspoke. Yeah, the last one. <laughs> uh, this is anonymous. First, what is not a, what it is not. A proverb is not a promise or saying definitely guaranteed, uh, guaranteeing an outcome that's being discussed. Secondly, a proverb is, the, is a Hebrew word which means comparison, similar, parallel. In short, a proverb is a figure of speech in which the author uses a comparison or contrast in order to present Pithy, poignant observation or instruction. A proverb is a timeless truth in form of a simple illustration that exposes a fundamental reality of life. Proverbs are pr practical, not theoretical. They're easy to memorize and eminently, eminently applicable to life situations. Charles Swindoll. Um, that is a great point here. These things were written thousands of years ago, and uh, certainly more than two, and they still apply. Yeah, They're written under the Old Testament. They still apply. The principles still apply. Um, so what is the purpose of the book of Proverbs? Anybody want to take a stab at that? What is the purpose of the book of Proverbs? You said last week it was... Um about directing, like pulling on uh, ropes, got me thinking about, you think about the book of Proverbs, and it's really a, 
it's really a, a combination of things that help you navigate the rough seas of life to get the ship to port. Yes. Which means to get us to heaven. Yes. And still have the cargo intact, which means we've done what we should have done our life. Yes. yes. And um, it's just great practical instruction. That's a very eloquent answer. Yeah. That is perfect. Uh, mm -hmm. I was going to quote Ryrie and say the purpose of Proverbs is that the reader might know wisdom and allow it to govern his or her life. That and which it, it's a manual for wisdom that helps us to be able to live in a way which is pleasing to God. Yes, well said. Um, so there are many times in the New Testament where Paul or somebody's and the Lord's trying to tell us to um, uh, be patient, be pure, be holy, right, be right, this. Right, and, right. And, and I start and think, well, how? okay, how? <laughs> and so here's, here's, here's the how. Yeah. You know, the, it gives you exact, definite examples of, 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 of you know, what, what, that, what that looks like in your life as you, you know, each day. That is so true. Let's look at Proverbs 1 real quick. I, I, the, the, um, you used a navigational reference there, and one of my favorite things is uh, in chapter 1, starting in verse 2, uh, the purpose here is, is, is revealed. He, the Lord, through Solomon, wants us to know wisdom and instruction uh, and that's verse 2. Secondly, he wants us in verse 2 to perceive the words of understanding. And then verse 3, receive instruction of wisdom. And verse 4, give prudence or subtlety, uh, depending on the translation of that word. It means prudence. But subtlety to the simple, verse 4. And then verse Five, give knowledge and discretion to young men, verse 4. And then the wise men increase learning uh, in the verse 6. And then men of understanding, uh, and that's verse 5. You see, uh, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel there that wise counsel is a word for uh, could be translated steerings and I said this last week it's like a cable or a rope that they used to attach to the rudder so they would pull the rope one way or the other and adjust their course. Wisdom helps us do that. If we're going down the wrong road being an old navigator I think of things in terms of well I am my own course and I in the right time I have to get there at the right time and on course. Are we on course? And our steerings, a right course, in other words, a, a course of righteousness. Are we on a course of righteousness? Uh, and uh, um, I like that because of that word, that, the, the word pictures going way back. You can see, pull the rope, go this way. You, know, you, watch, you, you watch one of those guys steering, they turn the rope, they turn a wheel. But tied to that wheel is a rope that goes to the rudder and pulls it one way or the other. Okay, so... Uh, purpose of Proverbs and uh, let's look at uh, what is the fundamental uh, chief point number six the foundational truth and the essence of Proverbs as, expe as expressed in a verse in chapter 1 and chapter 9 what, what, what is it 
what is the fundamental chief point, foundational truth, and essence as Proverbs has expressed. Look at verse 7. Oh, did somebody have their hand up? Okay. Verse 7. Oh. oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. I, I didn't see. Go ahead. Uh, speaking to the course of righteousness. Yes. Uh, in verse Two of chapter one of Proverbs to know wisdom. I was reading a commentary that suggested that every time in Proverbs that you see the word wisdom, that you put in the word Christ. Put in the word what? Christ. Christ. Oh. Yeah. So what the purpose then in the course of righteousness would be that Proverbs suggest rules of righteousness, and he mm -hmm. is our righteousness. Yes. Yes. Christ is our righteousness. Sure is. Um, and so, uh, move, move back to, uh, thank you for that very much. Another one, I, I just want to illustrate it. Sure, go ahead. To, to know wisdom, if you put in Christ, to know Christ and, um, and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. So, in other words, it's empowering <coughs> to us to put in the word yes. Christ for wisdom because, as you said, Christ is our wisdom, and, and, uh, and he's the wisdom of God to us. First uh, Corinthians 1, 24 and 30. Thank you. Great point. Uh, you guys are good. Okay. So what is the fundamental chief point uh, and foundational truth and the essence of Proverbs as expressed by a verse? And this is considered the key verse, 1, 7. Um, can somebody read 1 7, Proverbs 1 7? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, by this verse, we could see that wisdom is an essential uh, for the faith, but also. In order to get wisdom, by the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And some people, and in verse uh, chapter uh, 9, verse 10, uh, it says uh, the same thing, but it, it says uh, wisdom there. So, so wisdom and understanding can be gained by the fear of the Lord. So looking what... Arthur says, he says, the fear of the Lord is an overarching theme of the book of Proverbs and particularly the first nine chapters introduced. Reverence for God is, uh, that, that's, that's uh, the fear of the Lord. Um, this reverential awe and admiring and this submissive fear is foundational and that's foundational in the sense of being required. Without that foundation, you can't have fear. You can't have uh, knowledge and wisdom. For all, that's foundational for all spiritual knowledge and wisdom. While the unbeliever may make statements about life and truth, he does not have true or ultimate knowledge until he is in a redemptive relationship of reverential awe with God. Saved. Okay? And... There's something I did not see here. There's a progression here. Number one, there's teaching about God. Then there's learning about God. 
then there's fearing God, then there's knowing God, and there's imitating God's wisdom. Once we know God and we get wisdom, then we imitate Him. And, and uh, the fear of the Lord is a state of mind in which one's own attitudes, will, feelings, deeds, goals, are exchanged for God's. Because we think we know what is right. And, you know, the man does that which is right in his own eyes. But we, we need to do what is right in God's eyes. And we get that from applying wisdom to our lives. And Solomon gives us all of these things of practical wisdom so that we would do that. So uh, teaching about God, listening about God, fearing God, knowing God, imitating God's wisdom. And uh, I love that part about exchanging our bad stuff for his will, what he wants us to do. And we only have a couple of minutes, so I want to uh, uh, mention uh, Ryrie says that it's almost like this is a motto. It's, it's, it's such a strong key verse after you think about it for a while. The motto of the wisdom teachers and the theme of this book, this is Ryrie, Charles Ryrie, is that the fear of the Lord is the starting point. When it says beginning, it's the starting point and the essence of wisdom. Fearing the Lord is the essence of wisdom. Uh, reverence for God expressed in submission to his will. Um, so, Wisdom is not acquired through a mechanical formula, but through a right relationship with God. Having, having fear, a right relationship with God. So that's, that's how we get wisdom. And the contrast there is the uh, fools. And that's not someone that is uh, an, uh, uh, not uh, someone that is uh, weak in their mind. But it's someone, a fool is someone who could be very smart, but they're easily led, gullible person uh, that is um, um, a, uh, un unresponsive to the fear of God and serving him. So let's stop there. Let um, me read this final statement. This motto of Proverbs attributes a reverent and right relationship to God as evidence in obedience and submission to his will as the source of wisdom and understanding. No God, no wisdom. Essentially. No God, no wisdom. Um, a person that is really wise doesn't have to be have a high IQ. A person that is wise needs to have a reverential trust and a submissive spirit before God. And let's pray. Father, we thank you for the truth that we discussed here. So many truths, Father. We talked about being patient. Lord, I could sure use more help in that area. And I pray that you would help us all to be more patient. We want it right now. Yes. We know that your time is always best. Help us to be patient. Help us to be godly in our lives, in every aspect of our lives. And that you would show us where we could apply more wisdom. I know this week. As I ran up against circumstances that I could not control, but I wanted to see things resolved. I was impatient. I pray, Father, that we would you would help us to employ your wisdom here to be patient, to trust in you. And we reverentially fear you and serve you and have 
we rely on our relationship with you through the power of the Holy Spirit. You would help us, Lord, to be successful in honoring you with our everyday lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.